We're going to talk about the Sermon on the Mount. We have been saying week after week after week, this, everybody, is the most famous sermon ever preached. But we said more than that. Not only is it the most famous sermon ever preached, but just as a work of literature from the ancient world, it is just widely known, widely loved. It's also, according to a Harvard professor, the most cited work in the history of the world. Let's read what this Harvard professor has to say. Harvey Cox, the words of the Sermon on the Mount are the most luminous, most quoted, most analyzed, most contested, most influential moral and religious discourse in all of human history. And today, Jesus turns his sights on relationships, and relationships are really important. Some of you know Tony Robbins. Others, you have no idea who he is. This is what he says about it. The quality of your life is the quality of your relationships. Well, God said that a long time ago before Tony Robbins ever said it. But can we take a look at a picture? Look at him. Is that guy happy or what? You know, something good must be happening in this guy's life. Jesus has a lot to say about relationships. It starts all the way. Genesis chapter 2. Who knows it? It is not good. First negative statement in the entire Bible, God speaks the first negative statement. It is not good that man is alone. He's telling us relationships are really important. So here's what the Bible says about the Bible. Here's what the Bible commentates on. The Bible says that God's word is alive and active. And we're going to pause here before we read these six very important verses that God's word would be alive and active right here, right now, in our hearts and in our lives. Heavenly Father, thank you for this amazing sermon that Jesus preached, the Sermon on the Mount. May these words right here, right now, be alive and active in all of our hearts and in all of our lives. In Christ's name, come down, Holy Spirit. Amen. Here we go. Matthew 7. Jesus says, do not judge. Americans love those three words. We believe in them. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. With the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye and you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And then it gets really interesting. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw pearls to pigs. Jesus says, don't judge. And all of a sudden he's calling people dogs and pigs. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under your feet and tear you into pieces. That is actually, that, that final verse is absolutely amazing. We don't have time to unpack it, but we'll touch on it in just a second. Jesus' words are very, very, uh, I, there's some humor. If you didn't think that Jesus had humor, Okay, to him, he, very laughter is good to the soul is what God's word says. He was creative, humorous, and just unbelievably wise about relationships. Very important. So I want you to stop for just a second and think about this, if you will. Who are you upset with right now this morning? You know, don't shout a name out or don't point. <laughs> Did in the first service and somebody went like that to the person sitting next to them. Okay. Who are you upset with right now or frustrated? Okay, wait a minute. Think about this. 
Who before this week out, this week is out, do you know <laughs> you're going to be frustrated or upset with because you just know it's going to happen? Do you, you know what I'm saying? All right, so get that in. You got it locked in. What is Jesus saying here? If you like to write down the back of the bulletin, this is really important. This, I'm going to buzz through this really, really quickly because we're doing baptisms this morning. I'm just going to give you the high points, the top of the waves. Do not criticize and do not condemn, but please by all means correct. Jesus is saying, do not criticize and do not condemn, but please, by all means, correct. Jesus is not saying we can't correct somebody. I was on a seminary trip to Israel. First time I went uh, was about 15 years ago. Fellow seminarian there, and he said, I don't judge people. And I don't judge people because God's word says it. Jesus, Matthew chapter 7, right? Do not judge. What does that mean to you? It means I don't ever correct any. I never tell anybody that they're wrong. I said, well, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nothing. No, I would never correct anybody's behavior or beliefs. Everything. Everything is okay. Every, I said, everything, everything is okay. okay. If you have a friend who's like, he's worshiping Satan, he's bowing down to Satan, you wouldn't say, hey, man, that's, that you, maybe you shouldn't do that. Or somebody's being incredibly selfish. You wouldn't say, he said, no, no, I wouldn't. Somebody's a terrorist. No, 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 I wouldn't say that's wrong. What if I slapped you in the face right now? He said, well, I wouldn't like it, but I would never tell you you're wrong. Is that what Jesus Christ is saying? You need to know this. That's not what Jesus Christ is saying. Obviously, he's not saying that because he just corrects us here. He just says, he just, he just corrects, don't, don't do this. So this is not what Jesus, what Jesus is talking about is the attitude. The attitude. Think about it. He says, somebody has a speck in their eye, right? Has a speck in their eye. How close do you have to get to somebody to see a speck in their eye? I'm looking at hundreds of eyeballs right now. I have no idea if you have a speck in your eye. For me to figure it out, I got to get it right up in your face and I got to really be looking for it. You follow me? You know anybody around you who really like is all up in your space looking for every little thing? Some of you are getting too happy when I'm saying that right now. You, you, you know what I'm saying? And this is the attitude behind it that Jesus Christ is talking about. That person who's all up in your personal space really looking for those specks. Jesus is talking about the attitude. It was a time in my life, happened number years ago. I'm much better now, but many years ago, this happened to me in my life where there was a situation, there was a group of people and I was upset with them. I was upset. I was, I was right. I just want you to know this. I was completely right. I was completely, and, and in my rightness, in the truthfulness, I was emboldened by that. And I remember my wife, Krista, saying to me, John, listen, you're completely right, but your attitude is completely wrong. And because of it, you're screwing everything up. Have you ever been completely right, but your attitude is completely wrong? Oh, thank you. Okay. We're talking about attitude this morning. Jesus is going to help us have winning relationships. Okay, I'm going to give you the four points, and I'm going to unpack them just a little bit, and then we're going to hear some really cool stories of what God is doing in people's lives. Here's the four things. Number one, number one, we need each other. We need each other. Number two, we need our sin. Like, what does that mean, John? We need our sin. I thought we wanted to get away from sin. I'll explain. We need a, we need a tissue. We need, do you need, somebody's sneezing. I, I, was, I have a tissue. Okay. Oh, thank you. Okay. We need a tissue and we need a pace car for all of you NASCAR fans. We need a pace car. All right. Number one, uh, we need each other. God says relationships are important. I want you to think about somebody has a speck in their eye. The only rich people 2,000 years ago had mirrors. Only rich people did. So if somebody had a speck in their eye, they needed somebody to help them get the speck out. We need each other. We need to help each other. We need to help. Uh, uh, we have blind spots. Believe it or not, you have a blind spot, and I have a blind spot, and we need somebody to help us see 
those blind spots. Come up and help us get those specks out of each other's eyes. We need that help. Solitary confinement is a punishment even to introverts, right? We need each other's help, first thing. Second thing is this. We need our sin. Listen, we need our sin to loom very, very large in our own eyes. This is critically important. Now, you would think here that if you're having a problem with somebody, the first step to getting a winning relationship is for you to communicate to them and say, let me tell you where you're bothering me, however that Let me tell you how we, can, we need to correct your behavior. That's the first. I mean, I'm thinking if you're doing something to bother me, the first step to victory is me telling you about it and you changing. And what Jesus says is, nope, he always reverses things. He says, let me tell you God's way of having a winning relationship. Before you ever go to somebody else, you say, Almighty God, I need you to help me, step number one, to make my sin, my imperfections, my problems to loom large. They've got to loom like this to a little speck of sawdust. Here's how my problems, my faults in my life, they need to be like this compared to the person I have a problem with. They need to be a speck. You tracking with me? You're just saying, hey, man, I don't want any part of that. Jesus says, this is the way to go. This is, this is what brings victory. Look, I used to think in my life that the closer I got to God, the closer I got to God, the farther away I would get from sin. The closer I got to God, the farther away. That only makes sense. I know it makes sense to you. It makes total sense to my mind. But that's not biblical. See, in the Bible, the people who got really close to God, all of a sudden, they got much closer to their sin. You know what I'm saying? Apostle Paul. Very close to God. He says, hey, look, everybody, I'm the chiefest of sin. I'm the biggest sinner that I know. What was he saying? He's saying, my sin is looming very, very large. If your sin will loom very, very large, it will change you. It will change your attitude. We're going to get that in step number three in just a second. You think about the people that you really like to be around, those people who are just wonderful at relationships. I bet for a bunch of them, their sin, their imperfections, their problems loom very, very large. Can I give you an example? A number of years ago, uh, many years ago, actually more than 10 years ago, I got a brand new car. Now listen, getting a brand new car doesn't happen often in my life, like not where, nowhere near often enough. So this is a big deal for me. It was a Sunday, and I was in my brand new car, and that car was two weeks old, right? And I'm just loving on that car, and it's awesome. It smells good, all those things. I'm on 66. I'm, I'm headed west. I get off at Glebe Road. I'm at the light at Glebe Road, getting ready to, getting, you know, getting ready to turn on to Glebe, make that right-hand turn. And my wonderful wife, my beautiful wife, is right behind me in, 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 our, in our other car. And I went to go, and, and, and I went, and I saw a car coming. I stopped, and boom, she hit me. Boom, bam, just right on that brand new, boom, just, and my phone rang. And I answered the phone, and I said, Hello? And uh, she said, hey, John. I said, yes, Krista. She said, I just ran into the back of your car. <laughs> I didn't know. Thank you. That, uh, <laughs> now, listen, listen. I didn't blow up. I didn't blow up. I didn't, I didn't, you know why? You know why I didn't blow up? You know why I didn't blow up? Because I remember that maybe it was God doing this. I was reminded that exact moment that a year prior, I had done the exact same thing to somebody else. I had done the exact same thing to somebody else. My sin loomed very, very large. Is your sin looming very, very large in your eyes? If it's not looming very, very large, 
Jesus says you'll always have a problem in relationships. You'll always have friction in your relationships unless your sin is looming very, very large in your eyes. Step number three. So when it looms large in your eyes, here's the tissue part. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. God softens us. See, because there's two different ways you can go. When you have a conflict with somebody, here's, we go to two extremes. We either blow up or we blow away. We blow up or we blow, and sometimes we blow up, then blow away. We got it all. But there's never anything down the middle. And Jesus said, no, no, I need you to get in the middle of this thing. That's where all the tension is. You need to get there. Right? And Jesus is going to help us. Jesus is going to help us get there. Blow up or blow away. So how does that work? Some people come in because their sin doesn't loom large, and they come in really, really hard. They come in like the show us the picture, Myron. They come in like a crowbar. Hey, let me get ah, let me get that let me get that speck out of your eye with a crowbar. Anybody know any crowbars? Don't raise your hand. Okay. Anybody have any crowbars in your life? They're loud. They're destructive, but they come in like a crowbar to get something out of your eye. Is that how you want somebody to get something out of your eye? Other people don't come in as, lo- as loud, but they're still as destructive. Let's see. Do we want somebody to get something out of our eye with a pair of tweezers? Hey, let me get, can I get the tweezer right in your eyeball? Okay. Can, who wants that? We don't want that. How do you want somebody to get something out of your eye? With a tissue. With a tissue, right? That's how you want somebody to get something out of your eye. You want them to come soft. How are you going to come soft to somebody? Jesus says you should correct people softly, speaking the truth in love. How's that going to happen? It's only going to happen is if your sin is looming very, very large. You want to come with a bowl of water, right? A bowl of water, very soft, very gentle. This is the way Jesus says. And look, you can try hard. Like, oh, man, I blew it this time. I'm going to try so much harder the next time. I got something better than you trying harder. And that is, is God revealing to you your sin. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, John. What are you talking about, self-hatred here? Are you talking about me having low self-esteem? I'm not talking about that at all. Look, we can feel bad about ourselves I'm a terrible person. You ever had somebody apologize to you saying, I'm just a terrible person. I'm an idiot. They're not apologizing. They're not taking ownership. I've played basketball for years with a guy. Every time he misses a shot, he says, I'm such a moron. I'm such an idiot. I'm not talking about self-hatred. When God, listen to me, when God reveals your sin and it looms large in your eyes because God reveals it, it is healthy. God never makes you feel like a failure. It's not low self-esteem. It actually frees you. It actually improves you. If God will reveal your sin to you, he won't smash you to the ground. He'll actually greatly improve your relationships. You should try it. Next week, we're going to get into that. Because next week, we get into this in verse number seven. It's this cool thing. Asking, it'll be given to you. Seeking, you'll find. It's Jesus to the rescue next week. He's going to help us relationship in a super natural way. It's Jesus saying, you need supernatural help, and I'm here to give it next week. Okay, so it's got to loom large in our eyes. We've got to come very, very soft. Okay, final, final step. You're like, what in the, what is the, what's with the pace car, John? What does it have to do anything else? Anybody uh, race fans? All right, not too many of you. That's okay. All right, you want to see the pace car for Daytona 500? That's the big granddaddy of all races, 2015. Look at the pace car right there. A Toyota Camry. Are you serious? I told you, I, I'm not nothing against Camry drivers, but I mean, really a pace car for a Daytona 500? Here was the pace car last year. Now that is a pace car. 
You know what I'm saying? What does a pace car do according to Wiki? Pace cars do this. They set the limit of speed. They set the limit of speed. So what's up with the throwing what's sacred to dogs and pearls to pick? Pearls in the gospel of Matthew represent the gospel. It represents Jesus Christ. So in a nutshell, we could talk for an hour on this, and I'm not, so don't get worried. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm going to tell you about this pearls and pigs, and one day we're going to have a big, long conversation about it because it is awesome. It is so brilliant and cool. All Jesus is saying is, everybody, there's a pace to the gospel. And if you force that pace by trying to force your belief about Jesus Christ on somebody else, Jesus is saying, don't do that. They're going to get frustrated and they're going to turn on you and tear you apart like a dog or a pig. And Jesus is backing his disciples up saying, respect the move of the Holy Spirit and people's lives. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.